Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Civ 6, Thea 2, Pax Nova, and much, much more. Hey, Troy. Welcome back. Hey, it's good to be back, everyone. I don't think Nate said it explicitly, but I have been on vacation away from home the last couple weeks, and that's why Rob was filling in for me, and I'd like to thank him for that. But I'm back now, and we're ready to do some news. So let's do some news. So the first item on today's news is I'm on vacation. So if the podcast sounds a little bit different on my end, it's because I am not recording in my usual dungeon of recording at home, but I'm recording in a different dungeon, so it just will not sound the same. Having said that, the recordings will still happen, and the content's coming, and glad to have Rob back. He's been pumping out stuff and super excited, and I'm excited that he's excited. Everybody's excited that we're all excited, so let's just get excited and uh, move on to today's actual news items. So, Troy, why don't you tell us about the latest Civilization VI development? So, yeah, uh, we got a video and, like, a dev blog update for Civ Six this past week. And I own Civ Six, but I've never played it. And uh, uh-huh. when I got to the flower power super ability for your rock stars that you can have in Civ Six. I knew the game has really left me by because I was like, man, I don't remember Flower Power ever being in a Civ game. Before. That, by the way, just so you know, that is one of my favorite new additions in Civ Six. Oh, it it increases your tourism by a hundred percent from concerts when oh, yeah. you... they're performing in a country you're not at war. with. <laughs> you're city flipping. So what you're doing essentially is you're sending these rock bands to perform in other cities. And depending on the level of performance, you get rated. Like, is this a backup band? Is this a cover band? Is this a rock band superstar? It's really, really funny. So I, I you know, it's like they've been adding all these mechanics of late that I'm not normally fond of in my games which is like the religious war not that i have the slightest issue with the religious war it's just the way that they handle it is a little weird to me and then you have them they're bringing back they brought back like the united nations and things like that you know the world congress and that was never my favorite feature in the first place 
So well, good news for you. The mm-hmm. World Congress also gets three new proposals in this mm-hmm. update. Um, for uh, it, it's really an update for Gathering Storm, which I believe was the latest expansion for you are correct. Civ Six. So yeah, new um, proposals for the World Congress, and this mm-hmm. is intended to improve the diplomatic victory condition, mm-hmm. which in the video they said was becoming available too late in the game and people didn't really like it so they're trying to improve that also speaking of diplomatic improvements there's a new request for military aid which my understanding is that you can compete for favor by sending gold and um, assistance to another country that calls for military aid Mm -hmm. and uh, again this is designed to earn your earn yourself points toward a diplomatic victory Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. been a lot of rebalancing in this update, especially for England, Canada, and France. Mm-hmm. And they also reworked the tech tree a little bit. Later techs are going to be a bit more expensive. And they did a little bit of rejiggering of the tech tree. Um, added a few more requirements here and there. Like, you know, if you're really into Civ 6, you'll you'll notice it. But if you're only a casual Civ 6 fan, I don't think it's really going to make that much difference to you. Um, in addition, they also have added quite a few quality of life improvements and bug fixes for the game. So it, it's a significant patch. This isn't just a little bit here and there or something cosmetic. Um, new mechanics are being added to the game and whole systems, including the way the tech tree works as far as Costco and the World Congress, uh, are being markedly improved or at least changed for uh, Civ Six this time around. And I'll be sure to talk a little bit about that during the games we're playing. So I'll just move on to the next news item, which is Dominions 5. This past week, Dominions 5 got a really small update. And majority of it were were bug fixes and there were a couple of tiny little features added. But the thing that caught my attention is that this update, 5.35 for Dominions, comes with a 64-bit version for Windows. Now, what's interesting is that it's not the default setting for the game. So you can still play in 32-bit, and they're kind of running a test to see what kind of issues prop up. And if they're not having too many bugs reported and too many issues, too many problems, they might actually make the out-the-gate version of the game 64-bits with optional 32-bit. And that's pretty big because most major publishers, or in this case, most major developers, when they make such a large change, they usually include it as part of an expansion or a big DLC. And the guys from Dominions, they're like, here you go. So if you are a fan of Fantasy 4X and you want to play a game that has an insane amount of depth, not particularly pretty, but that's just my take on it, has a, you know, as far as I can tell, pretty much some of the highest ratings on Steam and elsewhere, then Dominions is the game for you. Go check it out. All right. And Thea 2 got an update this past week. And actually, I hope it's a really good one. Uh, A a couple of the small things. You can do cloud saves now, which I really should do because I'm going to be getting a new computer here soon, or at least I need to get one. And, like, I don't want to (laughs) lose all my... uh, profiles and things like that again steam achievements were added which is something i have been missing when i played and also they've improved group strength evaluation and difficulty scaling 
which should reduce the difficulty of Lightbringers on the starting islands, which is where I was having all my trouble with this game. So in addition to that, once again, quality of life improvements and bug fixes were implemented in this latest patch. So uh, I'll talk more about Thea 2 when we get the games we're playing, Nate. So why don't you pick up next with Age of Wonders Planetfall? I will, but one more quick little addendum to Thea 2. Um, as it stands right now, it's not yet in the notes. It just occurred to me, but I will add it. And this is a video that was released by the devs, one of the devs for Thea 2, explaining how modding works. So in a previous episode, we had spoken about how Thea 2 is going to be getting uh, Steam Workshop support, and there it is. And the first mod that I found that looks interesting to me is the one that adjusts the weight of jewelry and items like that because if you think about it some of those items are very important they can increase your passive shielding or they can increase they can add uh, points to particular traits but like they're kind of the items themselves are weird because imagine wearing a ring that weighs 52 kilograms or whatever the measuring measurement is 52 pounds or wearing a brooch that weighs 89 pounds <laughs> you know it's it would be a little crazy so this mod addresses that so definitely check out the, the steam workshop it's i'm hoping that it is going to thrive and with that i will move to the next game which is age of wonders Planetfall. and this past week a week ago actually so two weeks ago they had revealed the assembly like officially, officially, and that's a major, the major, I believe, the last faction to be revealed. And this week they had some of the devs from the PR group working on it and basically playing. I think the video is like maybe in, I was watching it. I think the video. Let me see. The video is an hour and fifteen minutes, so it has a little bit of an intro in the beginning, and then it has two of the devs playing it and they're talking about the assembly and. They give like some of the background, the assembly. And then what's really interesting is that in our forums, the Age of Wonder Planetfall thread just like popped off the last couple of days. And there's been discussions like who are the assembly like? And like, here's my take on it. I, I picture the assembly as a cross between the Dark Mechanicus from Warhammer 40k with elements of the Borg. So they're kind of like a lot of one and a little bit of the other. And some, some of the people were saying, yeah, we can see that. Mm, they're more like this than that. And one of the observations is that one of the units in them was a lot like the Necrons or the Necrons or whatever. So it's it's neat. It's cool. It's a faction that basically it's, um, it's an assimilator. So it pretty much wants to convert everybody to their way of thinking. It, lo- it acts like a hive mind. Um, it can do battlefield surgery in the middle of a battle and start integrating body parts from defeated enemies to improve themselves. So it's a little bit mm, macabre but uh, and grim, but at the same time, it's a very different type of faction for 4X. And I am um, i don't know if I'll be playing them a lot because their playstyle is not my general playstyle, but I really appreciate the fact that Triumph is trying you know, taking some of the common tropes and trying to kind of put them on their ear and twist them around a little bit, make it more interesting. So, um, once again, the Assembly, I believe, is the last major faction revealed for Edge of Wonders Planetfall that's coming out in the beginning of August. So, keep an eye out, and uh, maybe we'll have some more information to share in the near future. Awesome. Very good. Well, our next game to discuss is Xenia's Ark, 
And this past week, they implemented what they call their cash and carry patch. And that's cash spelled C-A-C-H-E. So kind of like a computer. And in this patch, they've added explorable stashes and hazards to planet service surfaces that incentivize... Oh my goodness, I'm tripping over my words. Sorry, everyone. That incentivize and reward exploration. So they want to encourage more exploration. So they put these things out there that can give you bonuses and kill your guys. So you'll want to do it more. Uh, the escort feature has also been added to military and civilian units because I guess their ships would get lost in transit from time to time. So now you can tell them, hey, you're escorting each other and stay with the pack. Uh, engineers have been improved. Freighters can now carry civilian units and mechs which is really great, so they can embark on a freighter and now get to wherever they're going, then disembark. And uh, the whole save-load system has been reworked, and save and load times have been markedly reduced, which is always appreciated. I hate it when loading a game takes forever. I just hate that. Uh, so I'm glad that they've worked on that. Uh, not to mention... Um, they're implementing some of the fan feedback they've gotten and uh, Im improving some of the, uh, well, the overall, um, what do we call it, optimization of the game. So uh, that's it for Cash and Carry for Xenia's Arc. And uh, Nate, why don't mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about Interstellar Space Genesis? I will. So uh, they just released Alpha 2A, and as part of that release, Rob did an impressions video, so it's linked in the notes. Check it out. It's on our site. He had initially released it on his own channel, but that was still kind of part of the integration process. Now that he's back with Exploraminate, he's going to figure out how he does his videos. I mean, hey, it's all good. I have no issue either way. And there might be more than one up by the time this podcast comes out. I'm not real sure. That's true. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So anyways, on to the main bit of information. So this Alpha 2A release, um, it's it's not a big release like with new features like the previous time that we had spoken. But what they did, the, what they did do is they're um, adjusting a little bit the user interface in the options. So they're supporting uh, 21, 21 to 9 ratio. Uh, there's they added an additional control for the volume for the game. So the FX volume is separate from the music volume. Uh, one thing that apparently people are complaining about, and I usually have this issue with many games, is that I like to play a particular type of sandbox, and I like to save my settings from, from playthrough to playthrough. And a lot of times when you start a new game, it resets completely. And in games that have a lot of settings... Part of, especially like take something like Stellaris, right? It takes a long time, or even Endless Space Two or anything like that. It takes a yeah, long time. Yeah, I was gonna time. say like Endless Space Two, you could really oh yeah spend a lot of time customizing your game. So here, what they did with Interstellar Space Genesis is that it'll save your game settings between sessions. Now, uh, one thing that I really don't like to use in 4X games at all is tech trading because usually the AI is incredibly poor at it and very easy to abuse. But they they added that into the game because I, my guess is people are asking for it. But they're also putting in a way to disable it if you don't want it. And like they're, I think, let me look. Okay, not I don't think that's in there, but I will be asking for that. So hopefully that becomes a feature. But what they, the feature they have in is that 
you can only trade technology for research tech. So for example, if you have some tech that's researched, you and you cannot trade it with aliens that don't have other tech, meaning that or at least my take on it is that you're using tech as a trade option in order to sweeten the deal, not to be the main deal itself. Okay, then another. So then moving on to like gameplay features, they they're changing the ship rotations. Uh, ship capture is a thing in here where you're try, you know you send in your shuttles of marines to try and take over or whatever you call for you know each of the species trying to take over. So this should be less frequent. Um, there are a lot of performance things that they're tweaking or continuing to tweak. So one of the major ones is big. So they cut the size of the save by half. They're adjusting the runtime performance. There are AI tweaks, UI tweaks. And then you have, I'd say, maybe 30, 35 different bug fixes that are being addressed. So development for Interstellar Space Genesis continues. It is in alpha, but... Their version of Alpha is the fully completed game, as in all, well, they might add more stuff, but like all the major features are in, the AI is in, the factions are in, they might, they might decide to add more, but you're not, this isn't like a test run with a half-working game, this is a fully completed game, and if you want to get a feel for it, check out the linked video of Rob giving it a spin, because this might be the game you've been looking for. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, we got a couple short items here. Uh, the first is this past week we posted a Q&A for Pax Nova. So there's a few questions in there. Uh, if you don't remember, Pax Nova is the 4X game that merges elements of a Space 4X and a Terrestrial 4X into the same game. So it's kind of like... You know, people have always wanted, you know, putting Civ and Master of Orion 2 into one game. And this is kind of like that. So, uh, very interesting, but brief Q&A. They're up on the site, so please go check that out. And also, this week, we have an update on Star Control Origins, the game itself. And version 1.4 is here with uh, some visual improvements including uh, updates to the planets and creatures and terrains and all that sort of thing. Uh, they're going to be a lot more detailed than previous versions. Um, they've worked on like the textures and lighting for the game. So all that uh, has been improved quite a bit. And if you look at the update, like you can sort of see some like before and after pictures. And the differences are quite noticeable. Also... Um, the observers will now be known as the Aralu, and their ships and pilots will be renamed accordingly. Obviously, that has to do with the resolution to the um, lawsuit that I believe you guys mentioned in the previous week's weekly yes, exchange. Yes. Is that right? It was last yeah. week, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, last week it was Brad Wardell had revealed that he he worked out with Paul and Fred, the some of the original creators of the Star Control franchise, they work things out. There's going to be some collaborative work. There's going to be some mead making. You know, the typical stuff that happens behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, actually, and just let me state, since I wasn't here last week, I am mm -hmm. very glad that has been resolved. It got quite acrimonious for a while, and, like, it was just bad for everybody. So Absolutely. I'm glad that they worked it out. I'm glad it seems like uh, it was very uh, friendly, and once mm -hmm. they got past... Uh, the whatever was 
stopping the reconciliation. Um, it, it seems like both sides are really happy, and I'm really happy about it too. Yeah, so I think I'm, I'm glad fans, that is. I'm glad that's behind us. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think as fans, we benefit the most when yes. the developers on a particular set of games don't have it out for one another for whatever reason and instead work together to improve the game because as it stands it's already a tough marketplace and having this acrimonious relationship does not make it any better it's just everybody ends up losing okay that's right well, I, so i'm sorry mm-hmm. go ahead why don't you tell no, us about no, no, battletech no. right so here's I'll, I'll talk briefly about battletech but here's a quick question i think it is obvious that i'm a very big fan of the franchise and but star really, control or battletech both but i'm talking about battletech Okay, yeah, me too. Uh, I'm a very big fan of the franchise. I'm actually really, really enjoying the Battletech game by Hairbrain Schemes, which is just, I, I'm getting I'm getting everything I need from it. I mean, I, it could be more, and I think the next major set of uh, DLC that's coming forward will add more to it. But the question I really have is, and I would like to get feedback, you know, in the comments, wherever... Are you guys, when I talk about Battletech, do you just like tune out and you're like, ah, oh, Battletech. It's like what he was talking about XCOM 2. Ah, oh, so boring. Let me know. Because if you feel that way, I'm still going to talk about Battletech. So anyway, no, I'm kidding. If, you know, if it's a particular, if this, because this isn't a 4X and this is a game that's very niche in that regard. So I, I'm kind of looking at my friends list on Steam and to see how many people play. And it just, I, I, for whatever reason, it doesn't have the same rate of adoption than some of the other games had so just let please let me know but anyways back on to battletech news this is for update 1.6.2 and what they did is immediately start addressing issues that are community like bugs that are being reported where um okay so one of the features that they added not in the last one which is called Urban Warfare, but in Flashpoints, is that you can actually get your relationship up with one of the factions to the point where you become basically like an ally, and then it makes you an immediate enemy of everybody else, and it opens up a new set of Flashpoints for you. But apparently what happened is, is I think this when they released Urban Warfare, it made a change, and I don't know if that's to existing campaigns or new campaigns, and you could not accept contracts anymore. So that's kind of a problem if you are like a hired gun that cannot accept contracts. Then they started um, they, they started doing tweaks, but one of the new mechs introduced the Raven, which is a command. Uh, it's a control mech which deals with countermeasures for uh, electronic warfare and for targeting and like creates a cloak of sorts. And people were just not getting that flashpoint to get this unique mech. You only get one. So they adjusted that. They went in and they started working on AI. So one of the major issues that AI always has in this game is pathing. And with Urban Warfare, they introduced the cityscape, which is these giant cities with all these things. And you can't exactly just run through everything. So the AI was struggling with pathing. So they're addressing that. Localization, performance, a bunch of map things, and a whole lot of other stuff like fixing and adding little features that are requested by the community that have to do with the new max and the new mechanics. So it's really, really cool. I am, I'm enjoying it. I'm still kind of hoping that they have uh, the Steam Workshop support because I want to be able to field more than one lance for my company because it does not make sense why I can only land one lance and everybody else is landing lance after lance after lance. And it's kind of like, I, I mean, I get it. 
you're a small mercenary company running up against, you know, world governments. But if you can field multiple lances, if you have, and lances are squads, essentially, if you can drop several squads, why wouldn't you? If you have, you know, 40, 50 mechs in your, in your ship, why wouldn't you drop a second squad to support your first one, especially on very difficult missions? But that's just me. What do I know, right? So I'm kind of waiting. That's, that's definitely going to be the first mod I get once it's available. But uh, I, think, I think that's it for Battle Tank News. Why don't you tell us about Fantasy Journal 2? All right. So this past week, we got uh, kind of like an update video for Fantasy General 2, and it was all about magic. And the, 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 the developer in the video talked about how magic in Fantasy General 1 was more like a skill than like a whole subsystem, and magic is being greatly expanded here in the sequel. So magic's going to be regulated by mana, which, you know, tons and tons and tons of games do. And that, that's just fine with me. I don't think you have to reinvent the wheel. Most people understand how mana works. And, I mean, that reduces the learning curve for a game. And that's that's great with me. Uh, he he kind of, like, I don't almost apologize for using a, a system so common. But, it, I mean, for me, that's great. That's fine. So... Anyway, what is a little bit different about it is you don't just, like, build your buildings or you just get mana every turn automatically. You have to go and get it. You have to get it out of these locations, and you can almost kind of, like, collect it or farm it if you want. Or, like, the the regular human faction can, like, just drain a location real fast and... um just pile up like a real big stockpile of it but that resource is gone barbarians on the other hand can commune with spirits and what they can do is they can use their mana to get the spirits to go do things for them like summon them send them on errands or fight for them or do this um, magic spells and things like that and also barbarians since they're so in touch with the spirit world gain mana when their units die so as let's say you're losing a battle or you're losing a series of battles yeah you're losing those units and that resource but you're gaining magical power at the same time so it kind of um offsets that loss and gives you a chance to catch back up which is something i really appreciate in the game where uh not everything is just zero sum right It, it gives you you might be losing and this would apply for the AI as well. So while you might be losing, you're, it's not snowballing so much because you're gaining another resource to kind of come back and, and well, fight your way it, out of it. You're gaining basically the power that you need for some very powerful spells. So it's, it's, very, it's a very interesting mechanic. And you're right. Yeah, it does I agree. address like the snowballing effect because like in a typical 4X, once you start wiping out your enemies you reach a point where it's like, okay, I'm that much more powerful than everybody else, and I can either clear the board of all of them or just, I know I won. I don't care about achievements or whatever. I've already beaten it you know, so many times. So I'm just going to start a new game when it's interesting. Whereas here, they have this mechanic where like, okay, you're wiping out the barbarians, but they're getting magically more and more and more powerful, and maybe they drop some kind of powerful you know mega spell or some crazy summons or something like that and the battle you know like and the the battlefield just this new creature monster army whatever enters and 
bam, the scales have evened out all of a sudden. And it's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be wiping them out so hard because I don't really want that nasty unit on the battlefield, you know? So it's it's cool. I, I don't know who, who of us is going to cover it. I, most likely it will not be me just because I really don't have the time right now. But I will be buying this game and I will be playing it because this game is right up my alley. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I got a question for you, Nate. Yes. What is Songs of Conquest? Songs of Conquest is our game that we're going to discuss in this week's What Is segment. And this game is basically a classic adventure strategy game. It is pixelated graphics, but like 16-bit style graphics, but it's like really, really high-end. It's very just a beautiful-looking game. It's also um, it's turn-based. So basically, you're building a kingdom, you are raising armies, and you're controlling these powerful magic wielders a.k.a. the wielders, the magicians, however you want to call them, and you're collecting loot, fighting monsters, doing optimization. So basically, it's it feel, you know it feels to me like um, Heroes of Might magic, right? Doesn't it kind of feel like that to you a little bit? Um, yeah, a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. But anyways, this game, this game is uh, it's looking very promising. I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. I mean, again, being a graphic snob, I'm not somebody who is entertained by games that aren't just immaculately beautiful. I admit it. I'm proud of it, I suppose. But this looks interesting. And this was one of the games announced in E3. And very, very, um, like, people are very excited when they saw this. So if this looks like something that you're interested in, click on the notes, give it a look. Maybe this is the game you've been looking for all this time. Okay, so I want to talk about something. But before I talk about it, I want to ask you something. One of the news items has three years. Was that you adding it? Yes, that was me. We'll talk about that after the oh, next item. Okay, very good. I just wanted to know. I wasn't sure. I'm like, I don't recognize three years. That looks interesting. What are we talking about? Anyways, so this is going to be a little bit of a soapbox, but I promise I will keep it short. Not because I cannot go at length about this. I can go. I can make seven podcasts, record them back to back, and still have a million more things to say. But because this is so preposterous that I'm just like, I, I, I don't know. If, if, if I could say that I'm speechless and if anybody would believe me, this is as close to that as it comes. So there, there are lots of different people on YouTube and wherever else and written pieces on gaming magazines and not even just gaming magazines, just literally out there going on. And I have yet to find anybody that isn't the industry hack or somebody that's bought and paid for that does not have some spin on it that's similar to the linked item in the new show. So what it is, is I actually linked Angry Joe, and he has, I like his take on it because I think it's the closest to mine. His frustration and anger and just disbelief mirrors mine, or mine mirrors his. I mean, I know I'm taking a lot of credit here, so I would say mine mirrors his. But basically, this past week, there was a sit-down with what appears to be some ministers out of the EU uh, continuing the investigation into microtransactions and loot boxes. And you have a couple of different companies being represented, two of which are Electronic Arts and Epic Games. And I'm not going to go into any amount of detail because I don't need to. I will just say this. The way Electronic Arts is talking about loot boxes 
where they just recently, like like last week, had all these things like we don't have loot boxes, blah 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 blah. We don't do this, we don't do that, which they do. But they now call it surprise mechanic. It's not a loot box. It's or a microtransaction or pay to win. No, no, it's a surprise mechanic. And then they're trying to equate it to these little things like you can buy these little chocolate eggs, and inside there might be a toy. Or you know, uh, yeah, Kinder eggs. Or Kinder something. eggs. There you go. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like Cadbury, but I'm like, no, that's something else. There's, <laughs> yeah, the surprise is whether you end up with diabetes after eating one or two. <laughs> that's a different kind of surprise mechanic. But no, so the Kinder eggs, and then there's also like, well, uh, Magic can, the Gathering packs and things like that. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: in Magic the Gathering, right? You you know what you're getting. Like they tell you, we'll have so many cards in there uh, that are. Well, that's true. Yeah, there's one rare, three uncommons, and the rest are common. And, and, and sometimes they have special packs, game. and you know, they, but they tell you. They don't tell you what's in there, but they tell you. But when you buy Magic the Gathering, you don't first have to buy the game. You don't have to spend you know, $60, $20 to buy Magic the Gathering the game. You just buy the cards, and there's, here's the rule set. And, you know, go online or go to a game store and play the game or any collectible card game. So... Any the point is is that the way they're ex- describing it is that or there's something called LOL dolls. Now I have no idea what that is. I've, my daughter, I've heard her speak of it once or twice, but I'm like, you want one? She's like, no, that's stupid. I don't, I don't want one. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. Now I don't have to think about it anymore. But they're comparing it to these kids' toys, and they're comparing something that is a known gambling mechanic to these kids' toys. So that's kind of ridiculous. Having said that, when they ask the people from the Epic games not so much not the epic store but the the publisher you know fortnite and whatnot they asked them about you know these loot boxes and how much money they make and you know why what do they draw the person they're asking like either was somebody that they just pulled off the street like somebody who works for the company and they're like you know some some assistant somewhere that doesn't know the first thing about anything or they pulled off somebody that was so surprised by the line of questions that they were like stunned and they couldn't figure out how to answer the question without seeming like jerks and I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to inject my opinion. Into this. I'm sure somebody in the comments will call me a hypocrite or, hey, you're willing to do this, you're willing to do that, which is fine. You know, call me what you will. Let's have a conversation about it. You know, maybe you will convince me of something. But I don't know. This is this is kind of cut and dry. So check it out. For If you hate Angry Joe, forget it. For, forget him. He's nobody, nothing. There's a million other people out there that are not considered like the outrage youtubers and i have yet to find one that falls on the side of these publishers and developers that we don't have loot boxes we have surprise mechanics oh my god anyways please tell me what is three years i I think i know what it is but i want you to all right well this marks uh basically the third anniversary of you and i doing the weekly exchange together full-time i took over weekly duties back in the 80s episode 80-something, 80 83 maybe, mm-hmm. 88, 83, 84, like 86, something, something like yeah. that. And so, yeah, just wanted to mark the occasion. Um, that's a long time for yes, two guys is. to be doing a podcast. And, you know, we did strategic expanses, double X's, um, audible extensions. Speaking of a double X, we have one we've been working on for a long time. We should probably knock that one out. You know, huh? that's, yeah, you're exactly right. We definitely need to do that. We definitely need okay, to do that. Okay, so when I'm back from my vacation, I think we should uh, find uh, one particular night and just knock it out. It's we did a whole bunch of stuff for it, and it's 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 a fun one. So yeah, good point. I'm that. glad you brought it up. Everybody, yeah. hold us accountable to that. 
keep reminding us. That way yes. we don't forget. Yes, please, please. All right. Well, I think that's it for all the main news. So what have you been playing? Uh, this past week, um, I when I got back from my vacation, which was Monday or t- well, yeah, I got back late, late Monday. And then Tuesday, I didn't do anything except sleep. But Wednesday, I woke up and I started playing games. And this is the fifth anniversary for World of Tanks Blitz. And so they've been doing a big event for that. And I was grinding, grinding, grinding through it. And I finished up everything in that I wanted to. So I got three free tanks and a bunch of other in-game stuff. Uh, Wait, wait. Did you say fifth or 15th? No, fifth. Oh, I was going to say, wow, that that would have been crazy. Yeah, 15th. Yeah, I don't see anybody playing this game for 10 years from now. We'll we'll Mm -hmm. see. But anyway, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then uh, I played some more Thea 2, and I've really been struggling with Thea 2. I, I have a number of problems with the game. Like, the quality of life mm. aspects of the game really need some work. Mm. Like, oh, really? When I'm doing a recipe, I just want to mm-hmm. be able to double-click on the things and have them automatically assigned to the proper boxes like they were in Thea 1, you know? Can, can't you do that? I mean, you, you know you can... Um, at the top of the recipe screen, you can create like a a line of favorite recipes that automatically do that. So if you, yeah, if you but click on that, I mean, I'm just talking about like, man, I'm just making some fish cakes or something like that. Uh, you know, I'm just uh-huh. okay. You know, I wish I could do that. And then like when a guy levels up, I have to hover mm-hmm. over the plus sign under the mm-hmm. ability icon instead of the ability mm-hmm. icon, which is mm-hmm. a small thing, but that's. That's still really annoying. Thea 1 right. had left-click select, right-click move, which was really nice. Thea and this, 2 is, a, this is backward. You have to click on your party and open up the menu and then move them around. And that's just, that's, I, I don't know. I don't know. And then the crafting system, the combat system, are just too complex for me. Uh, you know, when I make a breastplate, and it says plus 26 defense. I understand what that means. But when I got to make like an elemental breastplate and it's got all these weird values in it and I really don't understand what they mean. Like the original T1, you had a million abilities, right? And that was confusing in a mm-hmm. sense, but bigger numbers were always better. And right, in Thea right. 2, like you really got to craft gear with smaller numbers. So that way your guys are prepared for all the different challenges. And speaking, mm, oh, I see what you're saying. Right. And speaking right. of which, like, I was getting creamed by the light bringers. Now, the patch this week might have fixed my problem with that. Mm-hmm. So I need to play Thea 2 some more with the new patch because that's pretty much where I was getting crushed was early game. The light bringers mm. would come with, I think it's the social challenges, the yellow ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yep, yep. and I just, party members, I, I, I just, you know, I can't. I don't have the equipment or the characters or whatever to deal with that properly. And it wouldn't be just one. Like, if it were just one Lightbringer uh, pack come against me, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. fine. But it would be, like, three in a row. And then my party's toast, you know. So right. it was just it was too much all at once. I'm not completely sold on the whole island thing either. Like, I like boats. I love building the boats. That was a lot of fun. I built them out of all kinds of different things, which is kind of mm-hmm. neat. And each boat has, like, a different carrying capacity, which I thought was a mm-hmm. really cool idea. But, man, I, w- I wish there was a Pangea option because i just like to see how I could do. So I think the next time I play, I'm kind of working on it right now, 
is I'm going to work on upgrading my resources to top tier resources with coal, just like on the starting island, and see mm-hmm. if I can't like build a town and do that, mm-hmm. and then see if I can't outfit my guys well mm-hmm. enough to mm-hmm. exploring because. Can I give you a small suggestion? Yeah, sure. Okay, so this is what I noticed. Well, like when I build a town too early, I get wiped out fast. So what I started doing is I don't build the town anymore. I just have basically a wandering warband. Yeah, that's the way I had been playing. It's not just it's just oh, not working out. Right. Me. No, but hear me out. So I'm not building a town. I literally just play the warband. Yeah. And I get I try to level up my yellow skills and build up my armors for like the social challenges because that is the light bringers. And once you do that, I actually attack multiple Lightbringer groups one after the other because the first group is a social challenge. The second and every other group within that particular turn are all challenges that I can pick social, magic, or, or so, I mean, spiritual, or can be a combat. So if I do combat and I wipe them out, you get tier three, tier four, sometimes even tier five resources. So you don't even have to craft. So you can actually farm those groups for those better resources to build up your armor and weapons and things like that. So that's what I've been doing. And I've been having quite a bit of success with that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give so, that a try. Uh, and then let's see. Did I play anything else this past week? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, hmm. I played Snail Racer Extreme. <laughs> what is that? This is it's one of the games that we got through. Um, oh, what's that? That thing where people can send us keys just to oh, try out their curator? Game. Curator, the curator. That, through the curator program. It came to us through the curator program. And, uh-huh. um, I mean, it's just like basically a mobile game. And it's actually kind of fun. Like, you play a, you play a snail and, uh-huh. like, you're gobbling up plants and things and you got to avoid other bugs. And okay. you can get points. Actually, it's dollars. Like, you eat dollar bills with your snail. And okay. you can use the dollars to get upgraded parts for your snail, like better exhaust systems and uh, turbo launchers and all these different things and make your okay. snail even better. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, I also play that that game. Um, it's like... Bejeweled 3? Ra- no, it's like Ra- Raiden or... Oh, Raiden? No. Oh, good gravy. I can't even remember what it is at the moment. But it, it's just a, you know, an arcade shoot 'em up uh-huh. game and yeah raiden 3 that's what it is raiden 3 yeah that's what, yeah. and uh that's why i said bejeweled 3 i wanted to see if you would pick up on it. <laughs> exactly so you know it's just one of those games that i you know i play just for goofing off and relaxing not serious i mean it's 99 cents snail racer extreme is 99 cents on steam so for like a mm-hmm. buck it's not bad at all so okay. anyway that's what i played what about you well it's uh interesting proposition so just as we were leaving for vacation we flew to the other coast of the u.s i have three laptops to choose from i have my macbook i have like this uh, hp omen and i have this my balls out gaming laptop which is actually really good it's, it's almost three years old but still it plays incredibly well but i can't really bring more than one laptop anymore because going through the tsa and like it's just it's too much of a hassle. So last minute, I decided to bring my MacBook, and I was thinking like, oh, man, I have a few games I can play. I'll just play those. Oh, my MacBook has not aged well. For like word processing and surfing the net and recording podcasts and like messing with pictures or music, it's fine. 
but for actually trying to play games, I forgot how bad it got. So I have not been able to play anything on my MacBook, but I have um, my iPad. So messing with some Civ 6 on the iPad and playing with my son, and he's like, he's getting really good at it. And that's that's been fun. And then watching him struggle a little bit with Planner Conquest, like their adaptation to the iOS is not good. And I don't know if they've ever updated it since the original, you know, the original release. Maybe one update. But he, he really likes the game. But there are a couple of bugs that are just showstoppers. So when they surface, it's like pretty much your game's over. Got to start over. And um, what else? Uh, so six, that. And that's it, really. I haven't had too much time to play. I got my Switch with me. And the idea was that maybe I'll be playing stuff on my Switch. I even picked up one or two games. And it's, I don't know, it's just not happening. I'm just not using the Switch as much. I know a lot of people, I don't know Rob loves his Switch, but I just can't get into mine. I don't know. Maybe like one day I'll get something that'll do it, but so far nothing's done. So yeah, not too much gaming. There's that one game that you see Anna for the for uh, the Android. So I was thinking maybe downloading and playing on my phone, but then I'm like, oh, I don't want to play games. My phone is for using, you know, not for playing games. So developers, you guys got to do a better job on the Android platform if you want us to play games because you guys your lunch is being eaten by apple and the ios and with that i think that's it so just a huge thank you to our patrons through patreon because rob has been doing a push and in the last week we've had a few new patrons join so thank you very much if you are one of our patrons long time or new and you want access to the patron only channel on discord please send me a message or rob we'll do it or send through patreon we'll do it that way and if you if you want to be on the channel in the in this channel but you're not in our discord group yet so probably you should join first then send and then we'll add you it'll be that much easier and rob's got all these plans and uh just thank you to all the people that you know follow us on the various social medias out there and steam group and whatnot and uh you know glad to have you back we'll be figuring out like our rotation for the weekly exchange maybe you know, a couple episodes here, a couple episodes there. I mean, we'll see. We'll figure that out. So stay tuned. We'll be discussing further. And uh, we'll be bringing more content now that we have, you know, Rob. He's just like, yeah, I got to do this. I want to do this. All right, buddy. It's all you, my friend. I'll support you where I can. You do this. More power to you, you know. So that's it, I think. All right. Well, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us this week on the Weekly Exchange. We really enjoyed having you. This has been Troy and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. See ya.